This is the Six Figure Creative Podcast, episode 236. Welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast, where our mission is to help you turn your creative passions into a stable, reliable income. If you're in audio, video, design, photography, or really any other creative field, and you just want to learn from other successful creatives, you're in the right place. Hello and welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood, and you are in the right place right now. If you are a creative trying to earn more money, maybe even six figures, maybe more, maybe less, whatever your number is, you're trying to earn that amount of money without selling your soul in the process, you're in the right place. Today's episode is actually a part two, but don't turn this off yet. If you are a brand new person or maybe you missed last week's episode, which is part one, you don't need to go back and listen to that right now. You can listen to it after this episode's over because part two, we're just kind of diving into the second half of this conversation that I'm having about something called a full stack freelancer. This is a crucial part of being a successful freelancer or creative in general in 2023 and beyond. There's millions of industries that have this sort of concept, but it's mainly from the development industry where you have a full stack developer. A full stack developer just has a wide set of skills and they can develop in a lot of different things and do front end development and back end development and all this nerdy stuff. And they're way more valuable because they can accomplish more than a very specialized, narrow developer. And this is where, if you were here last week, we talked about something called a T-shaped. I'm doing a T-shape on YouTube right now. If you're watching on YouTube, shout out to my YouTubers. Leave me a comment if you're a YouTube watcher. Are we got any YouTubers here? This T-shaped set of skills means that you're really wide in a lot of skills necessary to run a business as a freelancer. And then you're really deep. That's the narrow part of the T. You're really deep in one particular skill set. And as freelancers, we tend to focus on being an I freelancer, which has two meanings. I as in I am selfish and I only want to focus on what I care about. And also I as in like, it's a very narrow band of skills. You got really deep into your photography nerdery. You got really deep into your videography gear. Everyone loves gear. Really deep in your mixing and mastering and audio into your copywriting skills. You got really deep into your development skills. Whatever you're creating, whatever you're doing as a creator or a creative You've really honed in on that one set of skills that has brought you to this podcast in some way, shape, or form. And for some of you, it's provided some income. For some of you, it's provided a lot of income. For some of you, it's provided no income yet. No matter where you stand, the point remains that it takes a wide set of skills to build a career or a business around this. And whether or not you use your creative skills to have a business, or you just do it as a freelancer, which there's a difference between the two, or you have bigger aspirations one day and you want to do more things with your life than be a freelancer for the rest of your life, which is also great although no shame if that's not your case, no matter what, it takes more than just your creative skills to make a living as a freelancer in 2023 and beyond. It's been true in the past. It is really true today and it'll be even more true in the future. So if you agree with me, nod your head. I can't see you, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to assume that you agree with me because you're probably not listening to this episode if you don't agree with me. So last week we had a part one. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to episode 235. And the title is something like why you don't need to be a better creative. And it is true. You don't need to be a better creative. You need to be a better business owner, at least in this season of your life. If you're trying to make more money and you're not able to do so, it's likely some of these skills. And last week we talked about your creative skills, which is the thing we all start with. We talked about your marketing skills, which is the skill set that most creatives are allergic to. You have an allergy to marketing. Got to change that. Go back to listen to last week's episode where I talk about the skills around marketing that you're going to need in order to get clients. We talked about the sales skills. Same thing. You need to be able to sell yourself, sell your services, have confidence in yourself if you want to succeed as a freelancer. And we talked about problem solving skills because whether you like it or not, being a freelancer, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur is 95% problem solving. We hit a roadblock. We have to figure out how to get past the roadblock. We eventually get past the roadblock and then we hit the next roadblock. And it is a series of overcoming obstacles and challenges and 
pains and problems. And most of them are fun, in my opinion. I, all the challenges in my business, I enjoy overcoming. That's why I do what I do. And some of them are like really big problems. Some of them are really small micro problems, but they're all problems to solve. And we talked about the ability to FITFO, F-I-F-T-O, figure it the frick out. Saved my editor a bleep there to add that in there. And this week on part two, we have five more skill stacks to talk about, although maybe we won't get them all today. I've got a whole bullet point of a bunch of stuff to talk about, and we'll see if we get through it all in second part today or if we need a part three for this or not. So today, the first thing we're going to talk about is as far as a full stack freelancer, these additional skills that we need as freelancers in order to not just survive, but thrive in 2023 and beyond is people skills. This is a pretty obvious one, isn't it? Like, I feel like everyone should know this. You'd be like, yeah, Brian, I, I freaking know I need people skills. But then do you actually do anything to develop your people skills? Do you actually invest in yourself in reading books, courses even? Do you invest in your friendships and relationships to hone your people skills? This is a serious question. Like, I'm even looking at myself. I don't feel like I've even begun to scratch the surface of what I am capable of when it comes to honing my people skills, to being a more social person. I don't get energized by being around people. I get drained by it, but I still enjoy it while I'm around people. And I am. I wouldn't call myself the life of the party, but I can talk. <laughs> I have a podcast. I can talk. But we as freelancers, we make this mistake of ignoring this for a number of reasons. Part of it's COVID 2020, 2021, even some of 2022, we were more isolated than ever. And I don't know about you, but I became even more of a recluse through that time because A, we kind of had to be. It was just the reality of what we were living in at the time. And B, I just found myself enjoying being around my wife more. I found myself enjoying being alone more. I found myself enjoying getting in this routine where I'm doing the same thing every day. And some of the relationships started to fall off to the wayside. That's a lot of us, honestly. That's a huge part of this. But part of it is also, in my background, at least in music production and audio engineering, is people in my world, and a lot of listeners on this podcast, because you came from my background and the following I had before this podcast, you're all like engineers at heart. And engineers, we tend to be not the best social creatures. We don't have some of the skills around people skills that are really important when it comes to actually dealing with clients. And I say dealing with clients, it really shouldn't be our attitude. It is building relationships with and being friends with our clients. A lot of people skills comes around just our mindset. I caught myself there saying dealing with clients, like this, it's this big burden we have to shoulder and this big burden of entrepreneurship is we, we got to deal with our damn clients now. Like I even have to get past this mindset shift myself that our clients can and should be our friends in some regards. There should be boundaries there. Absolutely. Your clients should not be texting you when it comes to like the project. There needs to be clear boundaries and communication, but doesn't mean we can't be friends with our clients as well. Doesn't mean we can't have friends that aren't going to ever be clients with us. Part of having people skills is learning how to ask great questions. This is like part of learning the skill of how to make friends, how to get people to like you, how to make clients feel comfortable. It's just asking really good questions. Have you ever been with a person or been in a conversation for like 30 minutes or a dinner, a whole meal, and they don't ask a single question about you? If you don't notice that, there might be something there that you don't feel like people should be asking about you. Some people feel like that. And if that's you, let's change that. Like you have a lot to share. You have a lot to say. You have a lot to give. And part of a good, healthy friendship or relationship in any capacity is being able to ask good questions and also knowing that people should be asking you questions as well. People that don't ask you questions are typically, and this isn't always the case, they're typically only concerned with themselves. They only want to talk about themselves. They only want to gossip. Not part of having good people skills, I'll tell you that. Gossip is the easiest, cheapest, most immature way to have conversations with people. It's like a cheat code to having what feels like good conversations with people. But gossip is not a good form of people skills. Gossip is not going to make you friends. Gossip is something that is toxic to relationships. Gossip can ruin relationships. But the first thing I have on people skills in general is just asking great questions. Know how to ask a good question. Next 
in people skills is just going through my outline here is making someone feel special. My wife is a master of this. I wish I had a tenth of her ability to do this. She will go out of her way to make someone feel special. She will spend a lot of money, a lot of time, put a lot of care into making people feel special. And I have learned, I've picked up a few things from her and I'm getting better at that. That's why I think this is a skill, by the way. I refuse to believe that I am just wired a certain way. I know that I have strengths and I have weaknesses. I know that I can work on fixing some of my weaknesses and I can lean into some of my strengths, but that doesn't mean I ignore the things I'm weak in and just accept the fact that, oh, I'm not a good people person. I'm not good at asking questions and I don't ever make good first impressions. I'm too frank. I just say how it is. That is not a good way to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs, we have to believe in something called a growth mindset. We have to believe that we can change, we can grow, we can adapt, we can get better. The opposite of growth mindset is a fixed mindset. And some people genuinely believe this. They believe that things can't be fixed. People can't really change. Some people are just born a certain way. And there may be some truth to this. There may be certain things like if you were born without a hand, that is a truth. That is something that you can't change about yourself. That is a fixed thing about you. But that doesn't mean you can't accomplish something in your life because of that one thing that is a fixed thing. You have a plethora of opportunities for you, even when there are deficiencies in your life, like you're not a natural people person that you can grow, you can change, you can adapt, and you can get better. Which moves on to my next point when it comes to people skills is how to make a good first impression. This can be different whether or not you're meeting somebody one-to-one or you're meeting somebody in an online setting where there's no actual like conversating happening. And some of this can happen in a group setting. And all of us act in different ways in different scenarios. But making a great first impression one-to-one goes into some of the things that I talked about already. Asking great questions, making someone feel special, even basic things like your body posture, active listening, where you're shaking your head, you're making eye contact, or at least their general face. I tend to look at the bridge of somebody's nose when I'm talking to them. I don't love staring straight into their eyes, especially somebody I just met. I watch their mouth a lot when they talk. But if I find myself trying to like feel like I am active listening, I will look at the bridge of their nose, and that's close enough to the eyes to make it feel like I am actually genuinely looking and listening to somebody. These are all parts of making great impressions with people. That's generally not the place that people struggle with the most. The place that we tend to struggle with in the community around this podcast is we tend to struggle around group settings where if you're in a group, especially in a group that you're not really close with, first impressions are really important because if you're the person that just kind of hangs back in the background and doesn't participate in conversation and sits in the corner, it's a really bad first impression. That's okay. You can learn these skills about how to integrate yourself into a circle of people talking, how to make a good first impression with people, how to give a good firm handshake, as old fashioned as that sounds. Like these are all parts of coming across a strong, confident, a genuine person asking great questions, still part of this whole people skills thing, and smiling. During my retreat that I went away on for planning 2023, if you've been on this podcast for a while, you've heard me talk about this many times on the last episodes, but I was in Chattanooga for a few days doing my year-end or beginning of 2023 annual retreat. I reread How to Win Friends and Influence People. And this is a book that has been on my yearly reading list for five or six years now. I didn't read it in 2022 but I did read it first thing 2023. And I recommend everyone here listen to this, listen to the book or read the book physically. It is a fantastic book for just learning a lot of, not the deep people skills, but more of the surface level, the immediate conversation, being a more pleasant person to be around. These things that are really important as freelancers, especially because in many industries that we're in, as we're a part of as freelancers, the stupid quote, our net worth is our network. Our ability to get clients really comes down to how wide is our network. And I know we have to balance the width of our network with the depth of our network. I sound like a network marketer right now, width and depth. But we need a lot of people around us in a lot of our industries in order to make sure we're getting a consistent amount of clients. Unless you do some of the other things that we talk about in marketing, that is the one-to-many method. But the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, is great on the width part. 
not so great on the depth part about having long, meaningful, deep relationships with people that last a lifetime. And that really boils down to a few things. How good are you at staying in touch with people? This is an area that I struggle with. Just staying in touch, staying top of mind, making people feel special, still all part of the same solution, the catch-all of people's skills. A huge part of this is just genuinely caring about people. That is something that if you struggle with this, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know if you need to go see a therapist. I don't know what the solution is if you just genuinely don't care about people. But if you genuinely care about someone, that is a great starting point in building a deep, meaningful relationship. But I think one of the most underrated talents or skills <laughs> when it comes to people skills, and this is just from surface level to long-term, deep, meaningful relationships. This is for the width of network and depth of relationship in a narrow band of network. This people skill is one of the most important and that is self-awareness. It's a pet peeve of mine when people lack self-awareness. Knowing when to say something is obviously an important part of people's skills, knowing when and how to say certain things, but knowing when not to say something is just as important, if not more important. Knowing where to say something, the right context. Self-awareness is underrated. You can say one thing that turns people off. You can say one thing that lacks self-awareness, and it can ruin months of building relationships with somebody. I'll be the first to say, I am not the expert, I am not even scratching the surface of people skills <laughs> and the skills around connecting with people, building friendships, building relationships, building a wide and strong network of people. I am not that person, but I have a little bit of understanding. I have a first edition, How to Win Friends and Influence People, my bookshelf in there from 1930 something. It's old. I have friends that have been around me for a decade. I have a wife who I love and have a great relationship with. So I have the basics down. But there are plenty of people out there who are better at this than I am. So I'm just going to leave it at this. If this is an area you struggle with, this might be the first thing for you to start tackling in 2023. And it might have the highest ROI of all the skill stacks that I talk about on here. Not just monetary ROI, fulfillment ROI. I think as humans, we're just wired to be connected with other people. And I think social media, I think COVID, I think a lot of factors have pulled us apart in many different ways. Politics is one of those things as well. I think there's a lot of factors pulling us apart. and I think something needs to change for that to happen, probably on a macro level that is outside of the scope of what I'm capable of doing as a small podcaster. But I think it starts with us wanting to change, wanting to be better at something, and then bring that around our communities and just starting there. That's the most I can help with right there is just say, hey, start with ourselves and see where it goes. So that is the first stack of skills, the many skills involved with becoming a great freelancer, a successful freelancer, a thriving freelancer in 2023 is people skills. The next on the list today in part two of my full stack freelancer series is focus and discipline. As someone who grew up with and still struggles with and still has, I don't think you can cure this, ADHD, this is not my strong suit. But this is another area where we have to look at the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset of saying, oh, I have ADHD. I'm not, I don't have good focus. I'm just always going to be scatterbrained versus the growth mindset of saying, hey, this is a big weakness. It's also a huge part of why I struggle as an entrepreneur because I can't focus on one thing and get it done. I don't have the discipline to get the things done over the long period of time. This is an area where we have to get better. And as someone with ADHD, I know that you can improve in this area. And I know these are skills that can be learned, they can be honed, they can be grown, and they can be improved upon. I don't even know how to categorize this. Maybe it's productivity. You could put this all into the productivity skill stack is probably the better way of putting this. But I like to separate this into focus and discipline. Focus is the ability to hone in on one thing at a time and focus on only that thing. And then discipline is the ability to always get the thing done over a long period of time. For this podcast, for example, when I'm planning an episode, focus is me sitting down, music going. That's my secret. That's my Adderall or whatever people use. To, I literally have a playlist on Spotify called Electric Adderall. I have one called 80s Adderall. That is the way that I make myself focus. It's always instrumental electronic music or trance music or 
different kinds of like weird subgenres of electronic. Doesn't matter. I zone out. I listen to music. Headphones on usually. My Apple earpods in like noise cancellation mode, and I start outlining an episode for this podcast. That is focus. I don't have other tabs open. I'm not texting people at the same time. Twenty four seven. My phone is on do not disturb. I do not get notifications for things. My phone does not vibrate. My phone will not ring unless it's somebody who's calling that's on my favorites list, which is like five people. Maybe I need to have better people skills so that list is a little bigger. But if I'm focused, I can get an outline for an episode on this podcast for these solo episodes done in about 15 to 30 minutes. Discipline, however, is showing up every single week and putting now 236 episodes out on this podcast. That is discipline. Showing up to the gym every day at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. I could be better at that, but that is discipline. So we need both of these things in our lives. Focus, make sure we're getting things done efficiently as possible. Discipline helps us make sure that we are actually getting things done for the long haul. Because as an entrepreneur, it's more than just focusing on one thing at a time. It's more than just being disciplined. It is the combination of the two things. So here's some points I have under the skill stack. It's knowing when to say no. This is an important skill to have because of something called opportunity cost. If you don't know when to say no, and you start saying yes to things and people that are going against what you're trying to accomplish, then not only are you doing something you don't want to do, you're also saying no to something you do want to or do need to do. So there's an opportunity cost to every single thing that you take on in your business. So knowing when to say no and what to say no to is a skill you have to hone and develop. And it takes understanding what else you're saying no to when you say yes to something that you shouldn't say no to. An example, I get emails all the time with people wanting to book calls or have a call or sit down and chat or whatever with me. And this is where sometimes skills and things will battle each other because if I was a good people person, maybe I should say yes to all those things. But I also know when to say no and which scenarios to say no to because I don't reject every phone call or every meal request or every Zoom meeting that people throw my way. But I have to say no to most of them because every time I say yes to one of those things, I'm saying no to 15 minutes to 45 minutes to an hour of focused time that I can and should be working on something else. And in 2023, I have set my hourly time to be worth $750 an hour. That is up from last year. And I encourage everyone to have a dollar amount in their heads that their time is worth. There are certain things that I do that is worth way more than $750 an hour. There are certain things that I do that are way under $750 an hour. But knowing that dollar amount helps you put a value on things you're saying yes to that you should be saying no to. So when someone requests an hour-long phone call or hour-long meeting with you during your what I call sacred work hours, which for me are the hours of like 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., 4 p.m., something like that. When someone's requesting time away from those sacred work hours during my week, I have to now ask, is that worth $750 or more? And in most cases, that's no. It's somebody asking something for me. It's somebody who wants something for me. And if there's a deep, meaningful relationship there, then fine. I will have the meeting. I would love to lunch with friends, lunch with family, a call with someone that I can help out that I have a meaningful relationship with. That's all fine. But most of these people are strangers who have never talked to before who are asking something for me. Whatever it is for you, there are a lot of distractions in your life. There's a lot of people that are going to want things from you, especially as you become more and more successful. So you have to be willing and able to say no to those things and those people. And not just those things, there's also things... When we have entrepreneur ADHD, shiny object syndrome, there's also these false pursuits, these mirages on the horizon that we want to go after because they look so fun and shiny, but then we actually get our hands on it and it's nothing. <laughs> and we just said yes to something that we should have said no to. So part of focus, part of discipline, these skill sets is the skill of knowing when and how to say no to something that we should be saying no to. The next thing on focus and discipline, these skills is knowing when to cut things or people out of your life. Sometimes we have these things that are already in our lives, this baggage we've taken on in our lives. It could be a business you should have killed off. It's maybe a service you should have killed off. It could be a friend that's dragging you down, a toxic, I'm using the air quotes here, friend 
who's dragging you down and has been for years, knowing when to cut off this dead weight is an important part of keeping focus and discipline in our lives. An easy example is if you're a recovering drug addict and your best friend is a heroin dealer, you should probably cut that person out of your life. That's an easy example. Like that person is going to be dragging you down. That is somebody that is dead weight. That is somebody that is not bringing any value to your life. That is someone you should have cut out a long time ago. And for some reason, it's still there. You got to cut that off. I hope that none of my listeners in this show right now are, have heroin dealer friends, but that's just an easy example of someone that makes sense that you should cut out of your life. Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic and I'm going to prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up. We'll always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone, and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far, and that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six, figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. Now there's a lot that is under this umbrella of skills around focus and discipline. Again, this is part of the wide set of skills that I have as an entrepreneur. This is not one of my really narrow, deep skills that I've developed over time. So I'm not expert here, but I will say a few things that have worked really well for me for keeping me focused and disciplined over a long period of time. First is using ClickUp, which is a project management system. We implemented it January of last year, and it has been a game changer for my businesses. Another one is just using a calendar system, like a really good central calendar. I have four or five different calendars that I use for different businesses and different things from personal to six-figure creative to the podcast episodes themselves, to my CRM stuff, to my other businesses. And they all have different recurring events or one-time events or reminders or whatever. And I have them all sent into one central calendar that is my central source of truth. Anytime I need to check my schedule for the day or the week or the month, I can look on that calendar and know that everything that I have in my life is on this calendar if it's scheduled. 
If it's a thing that is getting done at a certain time or certain day, it is on my calendar 100% of the time. If it's not there, I have utterly failed. (laughs) That rarely ever happens. So there are a lot of different ways to become more focused, to become more disciplined. People in your life who can hold you accountable is another big one there is just building a relationship with people that can keep you accountable. One example for me is a gym. I don't go to the gym very often if I don't have my friend, my workout partner, Bryant, who is the person that we work out together, we have for the past decade plus. And if he doesn't show up to the gym, I rarely go. It's a character flaw for me. It is a huge issue for me if he's ever like on tour, but that's the person that keeps me disciplined and going to the gym. I essentially borrow discipline from Bryant when it comes to going to the gym. It's not the healthiest thing, but it is the way that I make that work. So there's a lot of hacks. There is just ways of getting better over time as you build confidence, as you do things more and more. And there's also drug-related things. Like you can get prescriptions for Adderall or some other prescription to help with lack of focus. I don't recommend that. I'm not a doctor. Go see your doctor if you want that sort of stuff. I've never taken any sort of drug or prescription around getting more focused, but this is a huge part about being an effective entrepreneur or freelancer in 2023 is knowing how to focus on things, how to narrow your focus, how not to multitask, and then how to be disciplined for a long period of time over time until you start to see your results. Because this is a, if you remember the, one of the first points I made in last week's episode, how slow and steady feel, wins the race, but it's absolutely miserable the entire time because you feel like you're not making progress until you look back and see all that you've done. That is what discipline will do for you. If you're disciplined over a long period of time, your progress will compound over time. It'll feel slow. It'll feel painful. And then eventually it'll start to accelerate as you gain more and more momentum. Actually, it wasn't last week's episode. It was the episode before that, episode 234, where I talked about nine lessons I learned while building a new six-figure income stream in 2022. That was the first lesson that I covered in that episode. So that's the second skill stack today is focus and discipline. The next one is systems skills. This sounds super boring, super nerdy. Oh, you got system skills. It is nerdy. It is dorky, but it is something you need. As creatives, we don't want to worry about systems and processes, but as entrepreneurs, we absolutely have to have them in our lives. As a matter of fact, most of the best creatives I know use systems and processes to bring out their creativity, not to stifle it, not to follow a rigid process that takes all creativity away. No, your system skills, your ability to create processes, with minimal waste is how you enhance your creativity. One of the people I'm thinking about right now is Seth Mosley. He was a guest on the show on episode 104. The episode's called The Recipe for Platinum Records, Number One Hits, and a Seven-Figure Income. Seth, last I heard, had like 28 number one singles to his name when he was like 28 years old. I think he's past 30 now. He probably has more than 30 number one singles to his name right now as a music producer. But Seth is one of those freaks of nature in the best way possible who has this rare combination of incredible creative skill and incredible entrepreneurial skills. He has told me one of his secrets to writing hit after hit and having some of the biggest names of musical artists work with him all the time is his ability to create processes around writing great songs. One of the most difficult and creative skills that you could ever have is writing a song that people love and latch onto and sing back to the artist live and leave millions of streams for on Spotify or hundreds of millions or billions of streams now. Many songwriters specifically, they just want to smoke weed and they just want to co-write with their friends. And that's the extent of their systems. Seth Mosley does neither of those things. He has very strict processes and systems that he follows. He has teams that he works with on a regular basis to create amazing art. And I am paraphrasing here. I don't remember the exact quote he said, but it's something like, the more I systemize things, the more creative I am. And it makes sense if you think about creativity as a whole. 
The hardest thing we can do as creatives is try to be creative under pressure. Think about that. If you are someone like Seth Mosley and you've put out, let's just call it 30 number one singles and the next artist is coming to you and they want their song to be a number one single and you have deadlines to hit and you have other businesses that you run. I think Seth has two other businesses that he runs and you have a large team that you're working with. That's a lot of stress. How do you manage that stress? You make it so that it's not stressful for you. You build systems and processes. You put people in a place who can own things in your business. so You don't have to worry about them. How does this translate to the single operating freelancer listening right now. In your life, in your business, you will have a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of plates to juggle, or a lot of plates to spin, or balls to juggle, whatever the phrase is. You have a lot of stuff going on. Everything that you have to focus on that takes you away from being a creative is something that is hurting your creativity. So part of building the skill stack as a freelancer, as a full stack freelancer, is being able to find the things in your life that you need to get done. Let's just use marketing for an example. And instead of focusing half your day on marketing and half your day on being creative, you create a process and a system to make it so that marketing either takes care of itself or it's a very small part of your day. And you can do that by first understanding what are all the moving pieces, how do they all work together, understanding the big picture and the strategy, and then going through the easy eights that we talked about in episode 216. How do we either eliminate a step that's unnecessary How do we automate something that can't be eliminated? All of it? Can we automate some of it? What we can't automate, can we delegate it to somebody else? Meaning we hire help to take over some of these things so that they're the one responsible for it. That's how every big business in the world is built. (laughs) Or finally, if we can't delegate it, how can we mitigate it? That's the easy eights framework. How can we make it less painful? For example, for me, my entire marketing plan has been and will continue to be, I run a lot of Facebook ads and Instagram ads and whatever ads platform that Meta owns and I build my mailing list. And then I push that mailing list to this podcast. That's basically it. I have a lot of things that I've built out on the, in between those steps and a lot of things to enhance that. My responsibility is making sure my ads are working and putting out weekly episodes for this podcast. That's essentially it. Everything else is for the most part is eliminated, automated, delegated, or mitigated. And the better you get at creating systems that work, the better you're going to be as a creative, because that puts more time on the things that you love, which is what we all want and less time on the things that you hate, which is what we all want. We want less time on the things we hate, but those things that you hate still probably have to get done because you're a business. You're not just a hobbyist anymore. You have a lot of things in your life that you have to get done no matter what, and creating great systems and implementing the easy eights framework will help immensely with all of that. That's the third skill stack today we're talking about. The first was people skills. The second was focus and discipline or skills around productivity, I guess is the better way of saying that. The third is systems skills. And the fourth today is math skills. I don't know how to say this, Numbers and metrics, knowing your numbers and metrics, tracking numbers and metrics. This is one that I even debated putting in here, but when I think about it, the more and more I think about this, the more and more important this is. So please hear me out. I'll try to keep this one short because this one's less fun and sexy to talk about. Still necessary. As a full stack freelancer, you have to at least know of all these things so you can pick and choose which ones you want to ignore. (laughs) I recommend you ignore none of these, but numbers and metrics are important. There's a quote I like to use. I think Peter Drecker said it. It's what gets measured gets managed. So if you're not measuring something, you're not going to be able to manage it. If you are not checking your weight every day or every week, it's hard to manage your own weight. I know this myself because like, I tend to ignore my weight. At the end of every year, I tend to put on a few pounds. At the beginning of the year, I take those pounds off. It's just kind of this wonderful roller coaster I go on. And it starts with just knowing what my numbers are. It's the same in your business. If you don't understand the numbers behind how your business works, you will continue to struggle. The first kind of numbers you'll start to want to track is your funnel metrics. This is nerdy marketing stuff. I'm not going to go too deep into this right now because I don't want to scare any new people off here. I'll be gentle with you because you're new. Funnel metrics are basically this. How many new people are in my world? How many people have started the process of getting to know me? How many people are interested in working with me? 
And how many of those people hire me? That's basically the four things I pay attention to. There's a fifth one. How much are those people worth to me on average? That's the easiest way of saying that. Those are like five of the numbers you'll want to track. And the way I look at it, the way I track it, the way I care about it is how many people are visiting my website or my landing pages? How many of those people sign up to my email list? How many of those people are interested in hiring me? And how many of those people actually hire me? Those are the main metrics. And then what's the average annual client value? That's the number I track, which you can look at by looking at how many people have I worked with over the past 12 months? How much money have I earned over the past 12 months? We divide those two numbers together and you'll get an average annual client value. Those are called key performance indicators, really important metrics to know the past, present, and future of my business. <laughs> and you can be as complicated or as simple as tracking these as you want. You can have complex spreadsheets with forecasting. You can do really simple, just write it down somewhere <laughs> every month, put it in a journal for all I care, but just track these numbers. The second set of numbers and metrics to track and keep an eye on is just finances. This is obvious stuff, but it's surprising how many people I know that don't know their expenses, profit and loss, and their profit for the year. They don't know how much they owe in taxes. They haven't been paying quarterly estimated taxes, and they don't have any sort of budget that they're running off of. They don't know what's going to go maybe back into advertising. They don't know what's going to go into maybe a team or freelancers that they're going to hire for their businesses. It's a complete black box as far as they know and care about. They don't want to check because they don't want to know. Because if they know, then now they know how bad their business is. And now that they know how bad their business is, they're stressed out. Now that they're stressed out, they can't be creative. I understand that sort of logical thinking, but at the same time, the easiest way, because you're still stressed about it, whether or not you look at it, you know it's bad. The easiest way to fix it is to start looking at it, start tracking it, start fixing it. Going back to one of the skill sets last week, which is FitFo, figure it the f*** out. We have to figure out how to solve that problem so that it's not a stress in the back of our mind, back of our souls, and we can then focus on being creatives again. So that's the skill set around tracking numbers and metrics and then even knowing what to do with them. There's a lot of skills around that. Again, I'm not the expert here. I know just enough to be dangerous and that's all, but it is important when it comes to being a full stack freelancer and entrepreneur in 2023. Now we're on the final stack of skills in today's episodes. We did get it all done in two episodes. Good for us today. And that is probably the last skill stack that most of us as entrepreneurs will have to tackle. And that is the skill of delegation, the skills around hiring people, getting things off of your plate onto someone else's plate. If you're a brand new noob, you can probably cut the episode off. That's fine. But this is for my people who have high aspirations for their business. They want to get to seven figures or they want to scale beyond just freelancing and build a real business, or they want to have an agency one day or whatever you're wanting to do. Delegation is how you do it. It's how we break past the plateaus of what we can fulfill on as a single solo operated business. This is the skill that I lack the most probably out of all the skills listed here. I have historically not built a big team. I've been pretty much a sole business owner myself. I have one part-time operations person who was an assistant that kind of grew into operations. And then I have a few subcontractors who do things like podcast editing, shout out to Leland, and customer support. That's basically my team right now. I'm looking to change that in 2023. So the skills around delegation are how to hire people, how to train those people, how to fire those people, knowing when to fire those people, how to inspire those people to do the best work possible. That's a lot of stuff. Every one of those things, like hiring a freelancer or hiring a full-time employee, hiring a part-time employee could be in its own course. Training somebody, there are entire massive $10 million, $50 million or more software companies out there devoted to just training staff and employees. Huge market huge skill set, one that I don't have a lot of. Firing, knowing when and how to fire somebody. That's a tough thing. I am a habitual avoider. I like to avoid things, something I'm working on. I can't imagine firing somebody. I have parted ways with freelancers in the past 
never even close to firing somebody. It, I've never like in anger just said, you're fired. That's never, I've never done that. <laughs> but I have parted ways with a few freelancers for different reasons. Like whatever we were working on just didn't work out together or it just, it ran its course and we were done. But thinking of like hiring a full-time person and then having to sit them down and look them in the eye and let them know they are fired <laughs> and here's the reasons why is terrifying to me. But that's a skill set I will have to grow into and learn if I ever want to build a sustainable long-term bigger business, which is some of the aspirations I have for Six Figure Creative. Knowing how to inspire people. So far, again, I am going to change. I'm willing to change. I know I can change. I know I can get better. I know I can improve these skills. I've never historically been the most inspiring person. I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you how I want it done. I'll tell you when I want it done, but then you go do it. That's been my approach to managing contractors, essentially to this point. I've never had to inspire somebody to do their best work. And when you're hiring a contractor or a freelancer, or you're being hired as a freelancer or contractor, you don't have to be inspired by your employer. That isn't really how it works. You both know what's going to get done. It's pretty set in stone. There's expectations on both sides. That works for that. But if I'm ever hiring people to be on a team, part-time or full-time, who work for me, especially on an ongoing basis, I have to be able to inspire them as part of the mission that the Six Figure Creative is doing. There's a lot of things that I have to learn on the skill stack in order to level up where I am as an entrepreneur. But for any other freelancer that's listening right now who maybe doesn't have massive aspirations, the only thing you need to really start to hone in here as far as your skill set on this narrow band of T-shaped set of skills, something way over here where my pointer finger is, you just have to know enough to hire another contractor. Easiest thing for your first hire is a executive assistant or an administrative assistant to handle those things that are like low value tasks in your business that are repetitive, data entry, replying to basic emails, templated replies in your CRM, these sorts of things. Anybody with a brain in a, in a laptop can do these sorts of tasks. So getting somebody on your team to help some of these things is a really good way of buying back your time as a freelancer so that you can focus on bigger and better tasks. And earlier when you heard me say that my time is valued at $750 an hour, part of that reason that number is so high is not because I sit here and charge my clients $750 an hour. No, it's because A, I have multiple income streams, but B, <laughs> it's because I have a team of contractors and really good systems and processes in place to leverage my hourly income. If you're not understanding anything I'm saying, it's okay. We're going to grow together. We're going to adapt together. We're going to be better entrepreneurs in the future, better freelancers in the future. We're going to add to our stack of skills as freelancers for the next decade plus, because this is the long game. I am now 14 years into my career as a entrepreneur, as a freelancer, actually, even more so as an entrepreneur, because I was in a touring band before that. And we toured since 2005. So I'm almost 20 years into my career as a self-employed freelance type person. I haven't had a part-time job since 2008, maybe 2007, actually. So this is a lifelong endeavor. I talked about this before. So we are in this together and I'm hoping that you will make the Six Figure Creative Podcast and the things that we put out into the world, any workshops we do in the future, any educational resources we put out in the future, that you will be a part of this to help increase your skill stack. Anybody we partner with to provide things to help you improve your skill stack. I hope that you'd be a part of this because I am in this for the long run as well. So that is all I have for this episode, two-part series. And I'm hoping that you will improve your skill stack in 2023 and beyond. I guess the only thing left is something I ask of you. I want to make this podcast not suck. I want it to be something that you come back to as a resource for years to come. I want to make sure that you feel heard as a listener, especially for you longtime listeners and also for you new people. If this is your first time listening, I want to know what you thought. So I'm going to ask you to go just leave me an anonymous survey. This doesn't have your name or your IP or any of this crap attached to it. It's just straight up feedback. You can be as brutally honest as you want. But if you go to sixfigurecreative.com slash better, B-E-T-T-E-R, it'll take you to a survey. There are three questions on there. You don't have to answer all of them. You can just answer one of them and hit submit. But the three questions are, what is one thing we do well? 
give me three improvement opportunities. You can just give me one if you want. And give me any business topics you're interested in hearing about in the future. The only thing that's required on this entire form is which of these describes the field that you're in. Are you an audio, video, design, photography, copywriting, or something else? And that just helps me understand who's listening to the podcast right now. If this episode gave you any value whatsoever, go fill that little survey out just as a means to say, hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks for the little pep in my step in 2023. So that's all I got for you today. We should be back with interviews next week. I've got three scheduled upcoming, so they should be ready by next week. So we'll be back on the interview train, which is fun. It's been a while since I've done an interview. I don't even know if I remember how to ask people questions. I have to, <laughs> have to go back to interview school. But yeah, that's all I have for you today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching.